0: Growing up, when I would ask my grandmother how babies were born, I'm going to say it, she actually told me it was a stalk. Yes, the old school story about how a stalk brings the baby. That's what my mom, uh, that's what my grandmother told me. So when it came to learning about sex, talking about sex growing up, oh my God, it was like Voldemort. You know, you don't mention it in the house. You don't mention it in the house. Um, And so... For me to talk about sex, I've come a long way, guys. And the reason why I've really just lent into it, even when originally it was uncomfortable, is because it's freaking imperative. Like, being in a long-term relationship with Tom has made me realize how bloody important it is that as women or as humans, we speak up about our sexual desires are sexual fantasies This this is one of those areas that i used to shy away from that i was embarrassed about but honestly i cannot stand and talk to you guys and tell you about what are the important things that have really impacted my life how i freaking show up every single day in my business and in my relationship and i can't avoid the sex talk because the truth is a hundred percent it impacts me it impacts my relationship and it impacts my confidence So guys, is fear of being judged or dismissed holding you back from sharing your intimacy with your partner? Well, Tom and I hopefully take that shame away and the mystery about how to share the things that you should really be talking about with them. Now look, It's taken Tom and I a long time to get to the point where we're comfortable about talking about it with each other, let alone talk about it out loud. Like it has been a process for us. So we also share how to approach these uncomfortable conversations with your partner with grace and ease. That's right, guys, with grace and ease, because if you're worried, I'm telling you, not saying anything won't solve the issue. Also, another reason why me and the hubby do these types of episodes is for this to become a gateway if you will into being able to discuss these things with your partner so you can share this episode right now tell them to listen to it and now you can then have a reason to come together and discuss potentially the um, sexual fantasies or desires that you guys have that maybe you've been too shy or uncomfortable to share and if this type of bedroom talk guys, actually does resonate with you please do subscribe to this podcast let me know what you think about it leave a review um, and share it with your partners and your homies and now let's just dive in to the episode that i love and also a difficult to talk about but i still freaking love let's dive in
1: everybody welcome to another episode of relationship theory today is going to be nice and spicy talking about sex and the things that are specific to different people so let's hear it let's do That's it that question
0: i have a few preferences in the bedroom that i believe are unique to me and i don't know how to communicate them in my significant to my significant other do you have any recommendations of how to bring these up
1: yes so uh depending on the person and what it is so i'll be very blatant so i think girls if you're out there you can just say it. Because he's gonna be like, "Tell me more."
0: Just saying, girls say it, definitely isn't um, something that will then go, "Okay, cool, guys want to hear it, so I'll say it." There's so much embarrassment. <laughs> tell me. Come on. Like, you, there's no way you could just be like, "Girls say so it because guys want to hear it." The punchline
1: is gonna be, he's really excited to hear about it. So tell him more. Now, of course, <laughs> there are potentially things that he's gonna look at you sideways, or maybe you've got a guy that's particularly prudish. So of course. You have to play everything by that person. But I will say as a stereotype, and they become stereotypes for a reason, on balance, the guy is probably way more open and excited to hear. Like, the only thing that's, anything that's gonna step on his insecurities, that's the only thing where you might wanna be a little more thoughtful. Um, But that is, I would say, from his side now. They may still be tense to bring it up because they're like, no, but this is gonna be the one thing that he would never be into. But you're gonna say something? I
0: am. Right. It's interesting. Immediately, you went into, it must be the woman asking the question.
1: No, no, I didn't. That oh. was the easy one to answer. Oh. In fact, I assume the guy wants to broach uh, more right. aggressive topics. Um, it is
0: not easy for women. That's interesting that you thought that was easy. It's
1: not, but it's, it isn't easy in my estimation for internal reasons, right. whereas for the guy, I think it's more difficult for external Ah. reasons because guys are, I mean look, natural selection has made things a certain way and for a guy, pregnancy is exactly one relatively short exchange and then that's it. Unless he wants to engage more beyond that, he doesn't have to. For a woman, it's nine months. So that sets our brains up very differently. I forget who said this, but I thought it was a genius phrase. For women, they have a detective inside their mind. This is why women love fucking true, true crime, because your brain is wired to like, is this the right one? Are they gonna invest properly? Are they trying to pull a fast one? You have to, mm-hmm. because it's such a huge investment for you to have children, and to do it alone, obviously, is way more risky. But for a guy, it's like the strategy is to go as far and wide as you can because there's no other than to produce the sperm, there is literally no reason not to. So it's like you might as well. They've done all kinds of studies that back this stuff up, including if you have a man approach, an attractive man approach a woman and say, "Um, would you like to go on a date with me? Would you like to go back to my place? Or would you like to have sex? So they say one of those three things. And it's like, if they're really attractive, like 30% of women say yes to the date, uh, 10% say yes to going back with them, and 0% say, I'll go back, I'll have sex with you. For guys, it's like 90% say yes to the date, 87% say (laughs) yes to going back to your place, and like 100% say yes to sex. it literally is hilarious. Now those obviously aren't the real numbers, but they're directionally accurate. It, it is woof, like opposite ends of the spectrum. And like you can make the girl less attractive and they're still likely to say yes to sex. It's nuts. To get a girl, like any appreciable percent of women to say yes to a direct proposition for sex, they have to be famous. So it's like, there, there just is a discrepancy in how we read sex, so For women, it's like I don't want to be judged, I don't want to be um, Mm -hmm. rejected, like this is is a whole sort of knot in my psyche and then you've got cultural things about women aren't supposed to be as sexual and so you get that whole tangle. For a guy, while they may have extreme anxiety to bring it up to a woman, I would say on balance, of course there are guys that are gonna be prudish and they don't want to hear it or you're gonna trip their insecurities, whatever. But on balance, just like a an unimaginable percentage of guys will go back and have sex with a woman on based on a single sentence question of will you have sex with me? And the answer is yes, they would love to hear.
0: All right. Your so let's say. take this. I love that. Let's take this in as if it was the guy asking the question and yep. the girl asking the question. So we started with the girl still so may as well just keep going yep. down that path right now. Um yeah, I remember like I was embarrassed i mean li- i want the lights off and you're like what are you talking about lights off i want floodlights." I want and i'm like
1: stadium lights yeah i'm
0: like are you crazy like you know <laughs> the choker like you know, like like back up into the sky so they can't see like the full like the the all the things that you're insecure about or like when you get out of bed in the morning like you you shimmy backwards so they can't see like your drooping butt um All of those things are things that we get hung up on. And so for me, I definitely got hung up on like, exactly what you said, I don't want to be judged. I'm insecure in a way, because until I met you, there was no like, oh hey, let's just talk about sex, let's talk about what you like. Like I never had that relationship with my ex-boyfriend. Can I tell you something
1: they said in in sex ed classes, the best thing they ever said, if you can't talk about sex, you're not ready to have sex. And I mean, That's genius.
0: Yes. um, I've forgotten what I was saying
1: you were very insecure about talking about sex. Oh, and thank me. you.
0: So, you know, I, I had had my past experience wasn't ever discussed. It was like I was always embarrassed. I didn't actually even know what I liked because he was a bit clunky and I was clunky. And so I never gave myself the space to experiment. And so when I met you, I was just that awkward, uncomfortable, sure, you know, what do you like type thing. And I never really thought about being even telling you what I would like. Like, that. I'm starting from the beginning. Like, it didn't even dawn on me that I could have equal pleasure. Mm. It didn't even dawn on me I could have equal pleasure. So now going to how do you unwire the things that you kind of think in the first place about sex and then stepping out of your comfort zone even more to now tell the person what you like, because that is is one of the, the most vulnerable things. It's actually more vulnerable than just having sex.
1: Wow, you're right, but that's really fascinating.
0: So it's interesting because it does tie into trust. It ties into can I tell this person this thing and am I safe with them Mm. to tell them? Because if I do feel like I'm unique, let's say I've seen a bunch of porn and I'm like, I've never seen anyone like this, and I'm the only one. It's like you do feel like are other people going to judge me? Are they going? You know.
1: You haven't seen enough porn. I can't fathom <laughs> that somebody's into something that I there's like haven't. a Reddit thing for. There's porn for everything. And you've heard about furries. There's Shizir films for the love of God. So, but yes, I get your point.
0: So um, I think it really comes to trust. And to me, it would be, how much can I trust you as my partner with things about myself? And so I actually wouldn't start with sex. I would start with other little things about me, see if, how they respond, see if they're just like, oh, bless you, don't worry about that. No. Or like, oh God, God, I can't believe that, right? Like, Just see how they do with other things. And you're right, it's like, really, should you be having sex with them if you can't even trust them in the first place? That's a whole other subject. Um, but I would do that first and then see And then here's what I would do, because you may, your response may just freaking tell him. I wouldn't do that. I would like during sex try something close to maybe what I liked and then see how you respond. That is
1: a recipe for clumsiness.
0: Yes, but there is something about just putting yourself out there and telling the person. And so it becomes like the, the difference between jumping in the deep end before testing the water the, the temperature and like dipping your toe in so you can be a little cautious, like what's the temperature now? Um, and so sometimes dipping your toe in is actually more safe. It feels safer, it feels more comfortable. You can do it in steps and stages.
1: Oh, I think that's very smart. In fact, I think ultimately that's the advice that you want to, and I don't, I was thinking like, God, would a therapist think that this answer is terrible? Maybe, but yes, that would be my advice is you start incrementally like If you're too embarrassed, like, but I would say to do it in discussion versus trying some, I mean, it depends entirely what it is. I just, in sex, you want to be communicative. And if you're trying to hint or just get there by proxy, I don't know, it could end awkwardly. I don't think it's gonna be like a nightmare, but it just, it could be a little bit awkward versus saying, hey, I'd really like to try this. I think it'd be a lot of fun. And then you try it. And at least then you're on the same page versus trying to like read, it's like, I once bought you teeth whitening strips when you wanted a watch, and that was how well I picked up on your hints. So yes, I do worry about hints.
0: All right, so how would you, and in fact, it's, let's not even do this in the abstract, I can't really think about us having these like, like they didn't feel like heart palpitating conversations.
1: One, one way that we did this, so I mean, We would, when we went like...
0: We took a deep breath like, all right, I'm just about to reveal something. Yeah, I mean,
1: so one thing that has worked well for us, and we don't do it very often, but it's really been, um, it's always peak emotional experiences for us. When we have a few drinks, and we would take lists of questions. So both you and I are euphoric, happy drinkers. So when we drink, we're in an amazing mood, and it's like, yeah, like, let's connect. And it's special because we don't do it too often. Exactly. And so in those moments, I used to write down like 30 or 40 questions, and of course some of the most fun ones would have to do with sex, and you wait until later into the conversation when you're both really in a zone, and in, I don't know, probably for the first decade of our relationship, it was like, oh my God, I've never asked her this. Now it's like I know the answer to like all of the crazy questions, but that was a lot of fun. But that was knowing how we are in those moments. It was knowing that we both love having questions to answer. It was knowing that we have the trust already. So there's a lot going into it. But that was how I think we avoided some of the, (laughs) um, like, oh, this is a little bit awkward, was we were creating a vibe and it was a sexy vibe. And, you know, so we were in our bubble, as we say.
0: Yeah. As you were talking, I was like, yeah, my friend Sex with Emily, who has a sex podcast, she literally would say, yeah, never talk about sex in the bedroom. Mm. She's like, you never talk about sex in the bedroom. That place is to have the feelings. And any conversations that you have should be had, not while you're in the middle of things.
1: Right. No, that makes a lot of sense to me. Okay, so that, did we go on both there from female well i guess so yeah i mean you gave
0: your thing on the questions which is actually very true on having mm-hmm. questions like what is something in bed that you know you'd like to try that you haven't been sure i would oh, be open to Oh, you got to ask way
1: crazier questions than that once you have the trust and stuff it's like, what's the thing that you've always wanted to try, but you've been afraid to tell me? Right. That's the kind of question you're right, but you ask. And gotta, I was like, all right, I you, want the juicy stuff. But
0: you got to have the questions, and that has to be like after drink, like oh, two. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like,
1: <laughs> I put them in order, homie. It's like, you never start with the juicy ones. You start with the more tame ones.
0: And to be honest, look, at least this is how I think of it. I want you to be happy. So to be honest, unless it crosses a moral line for me, sure. like. And if you judged me, let's flip it for a second, because if you then judged me for something that was just like, this is it may be weird, but I really like it, and you're just like, oh God, like that would really be important for me to know about you as my partner. Wow. Yeah, because if, you, if you're just like, if you're dismissive of something. Wow,
1: that's very different. But that's what I mean. But there could be things that I don't want to do. Would you be weirded out by that?
0: Not if you were like, babe, I don't really like, I mean, look, there's many things I've said that I wouldn't do. Yeah. Um, and I've just said, like, I'm not, but I'm not I don't.
1: i You never made me feel bad right, about exactly. asking. Exactly. That's what
0: I was going to say. And I never- that's always
1: been a rule that yeah. don't, if you don't make me feel bad about asking, I won't make you feel bad about saying no. And that's like, then we're good. It's when you make the other person feel bad for asking or you make the person feel bad for saying no, that's when it gets into a problem. Mm -hmm. The fact that not everybody's gonna line up on everything, like that to me is A-okay. Assuming you have a thriving and fruitful sex life, it's like, all right, it's not a big deal to me anyway, but if you made me feel bad for even asking or judged for even asking, that would suck. That would shut me down. So it's like, I would go way out of my way if it was something that I was like, wow, I'm really, I'm so glad you felt comfortable. And literally this is what I'd say. I am so glad you felt comfortable asking me that. I think that's rad, I'm super stoked. And maybe we can get to something close or whatever, but you know, that I'm just not that into that. But again, I'm really glad that you shared that with me. Like that to me is a reasonable exchange because you're never, the other person, should never, ever, 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 ever feel obligated just because you ask to make Mm -hmm. them feel good. But at the same time, you should be, you should feel the honor of somebody trusting you with that.
0: Mm. And when I think about, I want our relationship to last for the rest of our lives. So in saying that, do I ever want you to feel like there's something you can't say to me? Do I ever want there to be something that you want that makes you happy? Maybe like, I'm like, of course that sounds great and now you're not asking because you're worried about how I'm going to respond like I just think about what is that type of relationship you want with a person long term and that's why it's like if you were to either dismiss me or be rude or make me feel bad about even asking that really would be a huge part of are you the right person to spend the rest of my life with because now I don't feel comfortable sharing with you. And going back to what relationship, at least me and you committed to, it was to make sure that we always share everything, no matter how hard it is to say that we say the thing. Mm. So that's the relationship I want. And so if the other person was making me feel like I couldn't because I get dismissed or because it's getting ignored or even just like demean, like some people demean it, right? And dismiss it. and. I just wouldn't uh, settle in a relationship like that because that's not the relationship I would want long-term.
1: Preach. There it is, boys and girls. Sometimes you have to wade in slowly, dip your toe in, check the water, but being able to have those kind of conversations is hugely important. And speaking of things that are hugely important, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, build a beautiful relationship. Take care. Peace.